welcome one and all movie fans to this brand new edition of the Popcorn Reel podcast. I'm Omar Moore, your Prince of Popcorn. And it is Oscar nominations day. Oscar nominations. And for those of you who really love this stuff, and I must admit I do, this morning's Oscar nominations, at least the way that they were announced with the two people who announced them, were an absolute treat. I enjoyed the chemistry of Tracy Ellis Ross and Leslie Jordan, and he was very funny. I'm going to get into these Oscar nominations and, of course, the nominees specifically right after this. to the popcorn reel. I'm Omar Moore, your Prince of Popcorn here. On this episode, the Academy Award nominations were announced this morning. If you were an early bird in this part of the world, California, or on the West Coast of the United States, anywhere else, or perhaps you may have been in Hawaii when these nominations were announced, you may have been up and watching them, or you may not have been. Wherever you were in the world, if you were interested in the Oscar nominations, this was the day to be at your computer, on your phone, watching the live announcement read out by Tracy Ellis Ross and Leslie Jordan. I thought that they were very good together. I thought that the chemistry was terrific between the two of them. And I think Leslie Jordan was worth the price of admission by himself. He was so funny, as he always is. Very entertaining, Tracy Ellis Ross. Always, as usual, lovely and brilliant and wise and entertaining. They alone would have been enough for these Academy Award nominations. But I think the Oscar folks at the Academy, I think, went wrong with the rest of the presentations. Instead of, you know, in terms of bringing in the firefighters and the healthcare professionals and workers and the HBCUs and you know, the rest of it. I don't think they need to do all of that. But I understand what the Academy's theme was. It was Movie Lovers Unite. So that was what the Academy had in mind. But I just felt that that part of the presentation was a little bit too stilted for my tastes. It seemed too forced and not organic. I would have loved them to pick just four other people to just read out some of those nominations and not have it be healthcare workers, firefight. I just think that's just a little bit away from what the Academy, and what movie lovers can be. If you want to pick one person, then pick one healthcare professional, one fire, but to have a whole group of people, it just doesn't seem right. It seems too staged to me. At least that's how I felt about the presentation of some of the nominations announced today. But overall, I think the Academy got things right this year with the actual nominees. I must say, though, that I was not impressed with some of the people who were nominated, at least with the work that they did. And I thought that other people, and I'm sure you felt the same way, because it's always like this every year. There were other people who should have been on this list who were not. Now, I know you can't nominate every single person on the earth, but the Academy has managed at some times, lots of times, during its 94 years of history with Oscars, to somehow leave off the names that everybody or many people would have expected to be on the list. That really is how the Academy tends to go with a lot of these things. And this year, as I said, was no exception 
to that. I'm going to read out some of the nominations. There's so many of them, as I think 20 plus. But I'm going to read out the main nominations of this year's Academy Award nominees, which were announced, as I said, this morning on the West Coast here in California. Let's start off, shall we, with Best Actress in a Supporting Role. The nominees are Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, Judi Dench in Belfast, Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and Anjanou Ellis in King Richard. I think all five of those are good choices. I enjoyed the work of all of them in those particular films, although I do think that the two, for me, that stand out, maybe I should say three, in fact, they all stand out. They're all really good performances. But I like Jesse Buckley, particularly in The Lost Daughter, a film that I did not care for. I thought the film itself was very poor, very poor, and it was not well directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. But I did enjoy Jesse Buckley's performance. I think she was the one person in that film who gave that film some kind of anchor, some kind of core, gave that story something, because I think the screenplay was horrible. But Jesse Buckley's performance as the younger edition, if you will, of the Olivia Colman character was absolutely uh, stupendous. I thought her work was really good. Like the connective tissue that she offered as in the character that she portrayed. So Jesse Buckley, 100% on board with that nomination. Ariana DeBose, she did give a good performance in West Side Story. Again, I did not like West Side Story either. Uh, Steven Spielberg's edition of it. But I do think that Ariana DeBose did perform very well in that film. Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, another nomination for her. Uh, she's had several in her storied career. And in Belfast, I thought she was particularly good. And don't be surprised if she wins. I mean, I, I would probably put her as an early um, favorite, along with a couple of people I'm going to talk about next. Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog. I thought her performance was fantastic in that film. I like the right, the balance that she offers in that role. Her character is very measured. I like the discoveries we find out about the character. Of course, I'm not going to give any of those away because you may not have seen The Power of the Dog, which is directed by Jane Campion. But I love the way that Dunst reveals herself as a character in this movie. She reveals this character. And the ways that she reveals this character are, I think, astute and measured and careful and well acted. Fantastic performance by Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog. She is one of the other favorites, I think. I'd make her a number, another favorite in this category um, for her work there. And I think she's probably going to end up winning. Anjanou Ellis in King Richard, another film I didn't care for. <laughs> of this category, there are three films that I did not think were very good. Lost Daughter, West Side Story, and King Richard. And I think that Anjanou Ellis, again, uh, another fantastic performance from her. She was also in the Ava DuVernay four-part series which was called Why, oh, excuse me, When They See Us, excuse me. And Anjanou Ellis was very good in that particular uh, limited series. And she is really good here in King Richard as the uh, mother of the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus. And you remember Oracine Williams, uh, that placid um, expression on her face as she would watch her daughters play each other <laughs> at Wimbledon and at a number of other Grand Slam tennis tournaments. I, I thought that, that Anjanou Ellis brought the right kind of verve, 
spirit, skill, and the right kind of tone, if you will, to that character that she played or Racine Williams. I thought fantastic work from her. So I have those three as the favorites in the supporting actress category, Dench, Dunst, and Ellis. DDE, that sounds like a law firm. Dench, Durst, Dunst, and Ellis, that does sound like a law firm, doesn't it? Well, I think those three are the three that are going to be uh, very much in contention. Jesse Buckley also is fantastic, but I think the three favorites here are going to be out of Dunst, Dunch and Ellis. Dense, Dench, Dunst and Ellis. Try saying that three times fast. I think that Kirsten Dunst ultimately is going to come away with Oscar here for the power of the dog, though. But we'll see. We'll see about that. The next category I want to look at is this one. I will read out the nominees for you for a Best Actress nomination. These were the five. Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart in Spencer. Now, those are the five. I would have to say to you that of those five people, I think that Penelope Cruz was by far the best. Now, Kristen Stewart is also a possibility for Spencer, but I think that Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, she was an absolute treat to watch and very compelling. I think that performance um, as a mother who finds out some things about life and how life can hit one. I will not give anything away here is I I thought she was superb in that. That might be some of her best work ever. Um, Just the way that she is so internal in this film. She plays a character and she has to really dial down what she knows and what she doesn't know and then reveal this in ways that I think are very authentic and genuine. And there's so much patience in that performance from Penelope Cruz that you can't ignore it. And it's mature, it's grounded, it's authentic. And I think that Penelope Cruz, as an actor, does a great deal of listening in this film, and I know that that may not seem obvious to you if you see the film Parallel Mothers, directed by Alma Devar, but it was very obvious and apparent to me that that character has to listen so much, and listening is not a skill that is easy for everyone. Penelope Cruz does a really good job in Parallel Mothers. In fact, of all of the actors in this category, she would be my pick to win. I think she was absolutely tremendous. And that is not an easy thing to do as an actor, to not only listen when you're actually acting around other actors when you collaborate with them, but to actually listen when your character is playing on the screen, when you are actually on screen with your lines and being in that moment, listening without really saying anything. There was so much that Penelope Cruz was expressing through that character without often saying anything. And I thought that that was the hallmark of an excellent performance there from Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers. You need to see that film if you haven't. So she would be my pick out of that category. And again, in the and Parallel Mothers was quite a good film. Not a great film, not one of Alma Devar's best, but I think it was good. I mean, it, it's a film that I had some quibbles with, but Parallel Mothers to me was still a compelling watch as it was. Now, the rest of those movies and those uh, performers, 
look, I did not think anything of The Lost Daughter. I've already, I think, made that clear. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, not a film that I found very interesting either and didn't think it was very good. Being the Ricardos, I thought, was awful. I did not think that film was very good at all. And Spencer, a decent film, not a particularly arresting one, but Kristen Stewart was fantastic in Spencer as well. I do think that she did a very good job as Lady Diana, Lady Diana Spencer, Princess Di. And it's going to be, I think, between Penelope Cruz and Kristen Stewart in this category. Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. I, I am not reading much uh, into that performance. I mean, I thought she was good, but I didn't think she was great. Olivia Coleman uh, was nominated last year for The Father. Uh, and I, and uh, she's just won. She won about four years ago in The Favourite. Uh, and she was very good in that. And now she's nominated for The Lost Daughter. I did not think Olivia Coleman was as good in The Lost Daughter. And I think that's more a function of the directing and editing of that movie than it is really Olivia Coleman. I think there were moments where Olivia Coleman was quite good, but I do not think that that performance was one that was going to even earn her a nomination. I was surprised, quite frankly, that she did. But Olivia Coleman is well liked by the Academy. Those are the first two categories. There are a few others, not too many more that I will talk about, but those are the first two that I will go with. And I'll be right back with more on the Oscar nominations. Welcome back, movie fans. You're listening to the Popcorn Reel podcast. I'm Omar Moore, your Prince of Popcorn. And now I'm going to continue talking about the nominations today, the Oscar nominations unveiled earlier today in Los Angeles, California. And the next category I'm going to talk about here is a performance by a supporting actor. And I'm going to read those now to you. Kiran Hines in Belfast, Choi Kotsur in Coda, Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos, and I cannot forget, Cody Smith McPhee in The Power of the Dog. So two two nominees in one film there, which means that what you're probably going to have is the votes be split here. So Jesse Plemons, I think, deserves to be in that five. I like the way he was able to modulate his increasing, his character's increasing frustrations with the other character that I'm going to get to, of course, later on, um, his brother in the, in the film, uh, played by, you know who, Mr. Cumberbatch. I'll get to him in a few minutes, but I like the way that uh, Jesse Plemons acted there. He's a good actor. He's been a good actor for a while. And he's usually someone who makes you despise him. <laughs> he plays characters that are often not likable or pleasing. And he plays a character here that's actually quite sympathetic and quite put upon in The Power of the Dog. I'm not giving anything away at all if you've not seen the film. But Jesse Plemons, I thought, was deft, subtle, and effective in his work. And he did deserve to be here. Now, Troy Kutzer makes history. He's only the second actor who is deaf to receive an Oscar nomination. I shouldn't say only. I should say that the Academy have chosen two people in 94 years who are deaf as nominees in these Oscars. And come on, there has been 
to the extent that Hollywood films or any film utilizes the uh, talents and skills of deaf people in film as actors, there have been very few that do, and there are very few nominations. As I said, just two nominations. The Academy has only chosen two actors who are deaf in 94 years of Oscars to be nominated for their awards at the Oscars. So the other one, of course, you know, is Marley Matlin, who won for Children of a Lesser God back, I believe, in 1987 is when it won. I think when that film won, when she won. And now Troy Kutzer in CODA um, is the second of those actors, of the, of the actors who were deaf, to have been nominated. So congratulations to Troy Kutzer. Kutzer and the rest of those nominees, Jesse uh, Plemons, I've talked about, J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos. Now, look, J.K. Simmons has won before. He won, um, remember that film a few years ago, and I forget the title of it, but he won in that one as this really rough and gruff uh, music instructor who was just really uh, abusive in that film. That was, uh, Miles Teller was in that movie too, and I forget what it was called. But the point is, is that J.K. Simmons has won before. Uh, J.K. Simmons, by the way, is not known as a likable person in the industry. Um, at least that's what I've heard. I don't know how true all that is. I don't know him personally, but I've heard that he can be a downright blankety blank. Um, I'm sure he's not the only one. And I thought he was good in being the Ricardos, but it was a lot of snappy one-liners and a lot of gruff retorts, which uh, something that I have seen J.K. Simmons do in other movies. And I don't think that that is really, in my book, at least a performance that should have been here in these five. But here he is. And being the Ricardos, as I've already said, it was a very poor movie indeed. Did not think that film should have been anywhere near nominations, but here it was. It found its way in and more than once, as, as I think you've already gathered. And Kieran Hines, Kieran Hines in Belfast, yeah, absolutely well-deserved. Really enjoyed what he did on screen. Um, very effective, indelible performance by uh, Kieran Hines in Belfast. And that pretty much is it. Cody Smith-McPhee, I think, will get this Oscar, um, despite the fact that he would probably be splitting votes amongst the Academy members, uh, because I think that... Of all of those, and you could say you can make a case for Kieran Hines as well, but I think Cody Smith McPhee was the most effective of these five. What he did was very slow and deliberate, and he then, you know, gradually grew into what he grew into in this film. And again, I'm not going to give anything away of any of these movies, but I must say that Cody Smith McPhee was very effective and striking, actually with his presence, his presence, even though he's very slight, even though he is, I would say, almost unnoticeable at times in the film, The Power of the Dog, his presence actually is um, much more impactful, shall we say, than you might think. And again, that is not giving anything away. Those are the five for the supporting actor role. I'm now going to talk about the lead actors, Best Actor. Here are the five nominees. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith, King Richard. Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Now, these are five very good nominations. I do think that Javier Bardem was good in being the Ricardos, despite the fact that I didn't think much of the film. I think he was quite good. 
I think he was quite good. But I do not think he's going to win um, this particular Oscar. He already has one, of course, for no, for no Country for Old Men from years back with the Coen brothers. But I don't think he's going to get his second one here. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, I think, will get the Oscar for The Power of the Dog. I think that that is his best work. It is something very different from him than what we have seen before. And I think the Academy always, well, not always, but often genuflects to actors who have done good work before playing typically nice guy roles or nice, nice gal, if you will, roles, but then try something very, very different. It's true. If you look back, I can just think of three off the top of my head right now. Denzel Washington, who is in this category, I'll talk about him in a minute, did this in Training Day, the Oscar, the Academy loved it. Uh, of course, I can think of another example. Charlize Theron did this in that film Monster that she played Eileen Warnos, the serial killer. Uh, she, you know, the Academy ate that up. They gave her the Oscar for a very, I mean, that performance was just, oh, floor, absolutely floors you. Um, so she got that. She won the Oscar for that. You know, I, I can think of a number of other scenarios where that, and I just had the third one on the top of my head and I just lost it again. So I can think of there's so many people in this in this realm who have won Oscars in recent history and in history past, um, if you will, who ended up getting the Oscar for playing these very different, radically different kinds of characters. And the Academy loves that kind of thing. And I think that that is going to favor Benedict Cumberbatch, who has been someone who's put in good performances on a number of occasions. I believe he was nominated for The Imitation Game a few years ago as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about that, but maybe not. I don't have that information to hand. I'm just going off the top of my head with all of this. Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. A good performance. I didn't love the movie, but again, Andrew Garfield was good in it and effective in it. He was also in The, the, uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye as well. Will Smith and King Richard. I thought Will Smith was quite good, but I don't think that he was that good. And I didn't like King Richard particularly. I, Will Smith, to me, in that film, he had some good moments, but not consistently for me as a performer. I think that there were times where he was not on screen at all. He was off screen for at least 20 minutes in that movie. And I, I don't know that you can have a best actor be off screen for nearly half an hour. Um, I know that's not a the first time that a Best Actor has won and not been on the screen uh, for at least a 20 to 30 minute gap. I know it's happened before, but King Richard was a long movie. And so I think the fact that it was long, which means editing issues in my book, um, kind of means that nomination is probably one that, well, I don't want to say throwaway, but it's one of those nominations that I don't know that in another year Will Smith would have got. I think that Will Smith has done much better work than he has here. And I don't know that the performance, at least, of him playing Richard Williams, which is the subject King Richard of the movie, uh, I do not think that um, that performance sustained itself throughout the entire two hours and 20-some-odd minutes or two and a half hours, whatever it was, because that film was long. But Denzel Washington's performance, on the other hand, um, of all the five here is the most resonant for me. Uh, I do think that uh, Denzel Washington was marvelous in Macbeth, as Macbeth, in the tragedy of Macbeth. The only thing is, though, is that because he's playing a Shakespearean character, which means um, a character that a gazillion actors have played, he is very limited here. Uh, but he does so much with what uh, this character has. And the character, although limited in terms of 
the theatrical nature of the character and who we know Macbeth to be through Shakespeare, Denzel, he's a very complex character, is Macbeth. And Denzel brings out those complexities in a way that is arresting and brilliant. But there is not enough, in my view, if you're someone who likes nuance in acting, there isn't enough nuance in playing Macbeth. I don't think any actor can do that so well to play the nuance of Macbeth because there's so much in there that requires obviously a director's hand as well when you're doing this on film. Now on the stage, it's all the actor pretty much. But in a film, a director has to also help bring that to you because it's not a three-dimensional medium like theater is. So it makes things more difficult and challenging, which is probably why Denzel Washington actually deserves even more plaudits for this performance than perhaps some people might give him. But the Academy has definitely given him, uh, and rightfully so, this nomination. I think it's his uh, ninth or tenth nomination in his career, in his storied career. And Denzel should have at least four Oscars on his mantle. Let's have it absolutely right. He should have at least four. One of them for Malcolm X. And the other one, I would say, for either The Hurricane or Flight, which really would be five Oscars. But he could have for both of those movies. I think he was very good in both of those especially Flight, which I think is probably the second best performance he's ever given on the big screen. But he was very good in The Tragedy of Macbeth. And it's going to come down, in my view, to Benedict Cumberbatch and Denzel Washington. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is going to get it because, again, A, he's never won before. Pretty much everyone in this category... Actually, no, Will Smith has not won either. So Andrew Garfield, Will Smith have also not won before. So... I think it's going to come down to Benedict Cumberbatch and Denzel Washington. I think it's going to be Benedict Cumberbatch because, again, the nuance, the, 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 the Academy likes somebody different, or I should say likes uh, an actor that they know who plays someone completely 180 degrees from most of the roles that that actor's played. And they are very big on that in the Academy, which I think favors Benedict Cumberbatch. And it was an excellent performance, by the way, in The Power of the Dog. I'll be back with more. Coming up right after this. Welcome back, film fans. This is the Popcorn Reel Podcast, and I'm Omar Moore, your Prince of Popcorn. Talking more about the Academy Award nominations that were announced earlier today. Now, two more categories to talk about. One Best Director and two Best Picture. Now, in the directing category, the nominees are Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. All good nominees, I think. I don't think there's too many complaints there. I do have one big quibble, though, about this, actually. I do have a little bit of a complaint. And that is that Denis Villeneuve, or Denis Villeneuve, I don't know how you pronounce his name, I apologize, should have been on this list for Dune. I think that Dune is the film that merited him a Best Director nomination. And for some reason, the Academy did not agree and so he did not make it on that. It's a very competitive category. But I do think of the nominees who perhaps shouldn't have made it in, 
The one I can think of is Paul Thomas Anderson. I did not think that he was one of the five best directors of 2021. Now, granted, Licorice Pizza, I think, has some good moments in it. And the film, I think, had some entertainment value to it. Some of the cameos were quite good. But I do not think that Paul Thomas Anderson, who has done much better work and directed much better work as well, much better directed work, didn't, I don't think he deserved or merited this nomination today. I really don't. I thought that he, um, I thought he was much better in other films. And I thought that uh, certainly this directing effort was not one that would have made my final five. I think that Denis Villeneuve, and I didn't even think that Dune was this excellent movie. I think it was well made and well constructed. I didn't think the film overall to me uh, was this excellent film, but I do think it was uh, it was a well-crafted movie. And that means the direction has to be part of that. Almost always, if you're talking about a film that's well-crafted, you are talking about all of the elements of the film, the cinematography, the production design, you know, the sound, the, the, all the, the editing, and you're invariably talking about the direction. You have to be. And in this case, that means that Denis Villeneuve should have been in this category. But that's my quibble about best director. I really was hoping that he would be there, but he wasn't. He wasn't there. But I do think that of these nominees, and Brana did a good job with Belfast. I think uh, Raisuke Amaguchi for Drive My Car was fantastic in the direction of that film. And of all of these nominees, though, for me, Jane Campion stands out head and shoulders. I thought the way that she directed The Power of the Dog was absolutely essential to the way that film moved, the way that film felt, the way that film put you in a particular time and place and a particular mindset as well. And that was most effective for me. I think Jane Campion is going to end up with the Best Director Oscar on March the 27th. You can write that down right now. I think it's the safest bet of all of these categories that I have talked about in this particular episode of the Popcorn Reel podcast. Jane Campion winning Best Director is an absolute moneymaker. Bet on it. Don't bet your house. Bet a few dollars on it. But I'm telling you, it's going to work out for you because Jane Campion... I think, uh, will be the second consecutive woman uh, to win Best Director and only the third in 94 years. And I should say, I shouldn't say only, I should say that the Academy have only selected two women in the last 94 years to win Best Director. And I think that that is really horrible. That's an understatement. I think the Academy will pick a woman this time around. And I think it's more than deserved, just like Chloe Zhao was last year for Nomadland. I certainly think that Jane Campion this year for The Power of the Dog absolutely should be getting an Oscar for her directing. It was marvelous. It was absolutely marvelous. And uh, just absolutely entranced by that atmosphere that she took me to in The Power of the Dog. As, you know, and I don't want to go into the film. I was almost going to but that was a finely crafted directed effort. It was such a fantastic and beautiful directing effort by Jane Campion, who has been here doing this for a number of years. And I think, quite frankly, long overdue to win an Oscar in directing. I think she's directed a lot of good films and done a good job directing them, more than a good job. And she absolutely should have been honored here um, and should be honored here, excuse me. And I don't even remember if she's won an Oscar before. I know that uh, Holly Hunter won for the piano that she directed in the 90s, way back when. But 
I don't think that Jane Campion has ever won an Oscar. And if she has, someone will correct me. This is going to be her year. And The Power of the Dog is the year of Jane Campion. Now let's go to Best Picture, shall we? And there were 10 Best Picture nominees this year. That's right, 10 of them. Usually it's around six, seven, eight, sometimes nine. Occasionally, very rarely does it go to 10, but sometimes it does. And this was that year when it did go to 10. So there were 10 Best Picture nominees. And now I will be reading each and every one of them out to you for Best Motion Picture of the Year. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Now, those are the 10. I do not think, though, that West Side Story is going to win. It is something that a film, because it's a musical, the Academy generally loves musicals, but I don't necessarily think that they are going to love this iteration of what iteration of West Side Story. And by the way, West Side Story already won um, years ago um, in the 60s, if, it, if, I, if I remember correctly, um, for Best Picture. I, if I can remember, and I may have got that wrong, but I don't think so. Um, so West Side Story has already won. So I don't think that that is going to ring true for Steven Spielberg this time. And he's been honored and, and saluted so many times now. And again, I, I think he did a good job with this film and I didn't particularly love the film, but Steven Spielberg has shown you that he loves to storytell and he is a good storyteller. And I, I do think that is true of him, but I don't know that his directing overall, uh, at least in the last few years, has been as good as it was in his earlier filmmaking career. I mean, I think the last great thing he did was Schindler's List. I have to tell you, I don't think that Steven Spielberg has done anything. Now, those of you who are Steven Spielberg fans will vehemently disagree. I don't think he has done anything as good as Schindler's List. I don't think he's done anything as good as that. And that was back in 1993 that he, that, that was released. And it's been 30 years now, almost 30 years. And I don't think he's done anything as good as that. And I include West Side Story in that as well. I know that you can. it's not fair perhaps to compare but we do that here, and we do that as human beings. And I don't think that West Side Story, as directed by Steven Spielberg, is going to get him best picture. I don't think that uh, Coda will. I don't think Don't Look Up will, because I think Don't Look Up, although there were some good things in that film satirically, I think that film got lost. I think the film was too long. It was too unfocused and too muddled. There were so many different ideas being thrown at you without any kind of unifying theme to present to an audience so you were being thrown all over the all over the map with don't look up and i think adam mckay has done better work than this i think this one you could feel the anger of the film and it was completely understood and appropriate i'm not saying that but i just think that even when you have a film that make that is angry or that has points to make about how things are absolutely going to pot in the world and particularly in the united states I think you need to marshal that and focus that. And he didn't. He just threw everything at the screen at you. And I don't think that that worked for even for a satire like this one. Don't Look Up is in the Best Picture nominees, though. I was very surprised at that. Drive My Car, I was not. Because I think Drive My Car is a fantastic film. It's a phenomenal film. You should go and watch that film. Um, it's from Japan. It's a it's a fantastic work. And it's well worth your time. And if you don't like to read subtitles, well, you should read these. 
and and really enjoy drive my car from i think a fantastic as a fantastic film as well you know dune was good not great good and that is here as best picture king richard should not be on this list i don't think that king richard is a best picture movie i i'm sorry that should not be there uh, I, I and, and I agree, and I would say the same thing about Licorice Pizza. Not a best picture candidate for me, but it's there. Nightmare Alley, mm, I, I would agree there too. Nightmare Alley to me does not belong on this list uh, for best picture. It didn't even get a screenplay nomination, and now it's in the best picture race. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I'm very much down on King Richard and Licorice Pizza and Nightmare Alley. I don't think that those films belong in this Best Picture uh, nominees list. I don't know what the Academy was thinking there with those. I don't know if it was about appeasing friends. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of politics that goes into these every year. We all know that. And just like there has been for 94 years, it's been politics at best in the Academy or the way they pick these movies. I can't tell. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm not a member of the Academy. Those of you who are would have a lot more to say on it Probably not to me, but and and you'd probably do it privately if you would, but you probably wouldn't talk to me anyway. Not that I would turn around and say this person said this because that's not that's not my particular bailiwick or my style or my approach. But I'm simply saying that some of these Academy nominations are a little bit curious in the Best Picture category. Belfast is not one of those, though. I think Belfast thoroughly deserves to be here. I think that it is a very well-directed effort and a good film, a film that I could watch a second time. I do think that there's some very good things in that film, and that deserves to be here. I also think that The Power of the Dog deserves to be here, too. And it's going to be, in my view, between principally three films in this group, Belfast, Dune, and The Power of the Dog. I don't think West Side Story is going to be one of those. And I think that between those three films, The Power of the Dog is the one that screams best picture because a it's a western that's something the academy loves b it's got performances in it that are memorable and c there is an actor in there named benedict cumberbatch who does something completely different from the very vast majority of work he's ever done before and i think all those things will make that a very successful night for the power of the dog and also for jane campion who i think will will win the best director Oscar as well. I'll be back with just one more thing right after this. Welcome back to the Popcorn Real Podcast with me, Omar Moore, your Prince of Popcorn, talking about the Academy Award nominations that were released earlier today. Just a few more notes and observations. Very quickly, the screenplay categories featured adapted and original. And in the original, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World were the nominees. I think that that's going to be coming down to Belfast and The Worst Person in the World. I think those two are the two best screenplays there. And in the adapted edition of screenplay, Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. This one, to me, is a bit more difficult. Um, I did not think that The Power of the Dog was a good screenplay in particular, although Jane Campion wrote it. I don't think... There's just a few things about it that I don't know that uh, 
for me, would have merited uh, even being in that category. I'm surprised it was there, even though the film was fantastic. I think the screenplay had a few flaws in it. But I think Drive My Car is going to be the one because I don't think Drive My Car is going to win Best Picture. But I do think Drive My Car is going to win the adapted screenplay. So that is where I am expecting things to go as far as that's concerned uh, for adapted screenplay. Now, of course, there were other uh, categories, of course, including Best International Film, which is the category that uh, a couple of years ago was changed uh, to that from what used to be Best Foreign Language Film. And I think that this was a really good choice to make it best international feature film. Drive My Car, Flea, The Hand of God, Lunana, and The Worst Person in the World. Wow, this is a very tough category. You've got an animated film um, in there, which, my goodness, is the first time I think that's, that's happened. And it's also the first time that that has been, a, I think, nominated as a documentary as well, an animated film. So that, and Flea has uh, obviously made a great impression um, because it has been nominated in, in in two different categories, Best International Feature and Best Documentary Feature and Best Animated Feature. So that that is a, tr- a tribute to Flea from Denmark. I think, though, that this is going to come down to, because The Hand of God is quite good, Vinana um, and The Worst Person in the World is very good. I think of all these films, though, it's got to be Drive My Car from Japan. That, to me, is going to win Best International Feature of the Year, and it would be well-deserving. There are so many other categories. Cinematography, that's so interesting. I love those nominations. I want to congratulate Ari Wegner, who became the second woman in 94 years of Oscars to be nominated for cinematography. Rachel Morrison was the first back in 2018 for her work in Mudbound behind the camera as cinematographer. You would have thought that in 94 years, the Academy could have looked at a female cinematographer and said, yeah, her work was very good. We should include her in these nominees. But no, it's only happened twice now. Only twice has the Academy sought fit to select a female cinematographer (laughs) in 94 years. Well, you know, I'm just glad that Ari Wegner made it, uh, was selected. I'm glad the Academy saw fit that they actually recognized that Ari Wegner's work was damn good, if I may say in The Power of the Dog, and you got to see her cinematography. Um, fantastic. And I, I think she's going to win here. I think she'll win. So there's so many more categories to talk about, but not enough time to talk about them. That's all for now on this edition of the Popcorn Reel podcast. I'm Omar Moore, your Prince of Popcorn, asking you to please follow me on Twitter at the Popcorn R-E-E-L and subscribe on YouTube to the Popcorn Reel channel. Type in Popcorn R-E-E-L in YouTube and you will be able to get the channel. Subscribe there. Videos including feature-length commentaries that I do, audio commentaries on films. Don't forget to go and subscribe there. And of course, popcornreel.com. The website will be updated in the very near future, I promise you. That's it, and thank you very much for listening once again, movie fans. Until next time, I'm Omar Moore, your Prince of Popcorn, saying, see you at the movies.